Say to all you moms out there, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to connect with God, encourage each other here um, on Sunday morning. Well, before we get started into the message this morning, I want to make a, a quick announcement. Uh, the, the board has given me the opportunity to take a sabbatical uh, this summer. And it's hard to believe, but I am moving into my 15th year of being a pastor here uh, at River Ridge. And I'm hoping for, yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that, guys. Um, I'm hoping that this time away from, from the busyness and the weight of, of ministry and, and leadership will give me an opportunity to reflect back on uh, the last 14 years of God's faithfulness to us and to me. Um, my hope for the summer is that this prolonged time of resting from work and resting in Christ will get me rejuvenated and let me hear from God in a fresh way and give me some clarity about uh, how to finish this race. Um, that, that's my desire. I, I've, I've been realizing that I'm probably about halfway through my, my ministry, and I want to take this time to be able to, to look back and, and to learn some lessons that God wants me to learn from the last 14 years, but then also to, to look ahead. And I want to finish strong. Finish strong as your pastor, finish strong as a husband, as a dad, as a friend. Um, so it's going to kick off right after Big Kick. I'm going to be around here for Big Kick, and then I'll be back uh, on Labor Day. But I am looking forward to this time. I sincerely appreciate this gift uh, that has been provided to me and my family. So I'll be around for the next few weeks. If anybody has any questions or want to connect a little bit more about that. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you that you are an ever-present God and that as we gather in your midst that you have something for each of us. So I pray that you would open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our hearts to hear from you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we are wrapping up this series called A Faith That Follows, where we've been looking at, at what the church is and how it is that we engage in the mission of the church. In the first week, we talked about the importance of what we do right here, of, of gathering here on Sunday morning in order to connect with God, but also to encourage each other, to, to spur us on to love and good deeds. And then last week, we looked at some of the ways in which we grow our faith. Uh, through some of the disciplines like prayer uh, and Bible study and surrounding ourselves with, with intentional community. These, these are basic building blocks that God uses to stretch our faith. And what Andy challenged us last week is to take a fresh look at some of these practices, to take a fresh look at some of these disciplines and maybe breathe some new life into them. Well, this morning, we're gonna talk about another way that we grow spiritually. A lot of times when people describe an instance in their life when their faith just took off, they will describe a time when God really stretched their faith and be, when they were invited into some sort of ministry. Either they, they went away on a mission trip or they served in a service project of some kind or, or they served here on a Sunday morning where they were a part of something bigger than themselves. They felt this nudge to step out and what they discovered was that it was not only the, the people that they served that were impacted, but their lives were radically changed as well. Because the truth is that there is a direct connection between serving others and a growing faith. If you're new to River Ridge, you may not be aware of this, but there uh, are over 400 people that, that serve here week in and week out to create the kinds of environments where, where people can encounter the life-changing message of who Jesus is. We want to be the kind of place where people can come and take their next step in their personal journey with God wherever they might be on that journey. 
And we think that it should be normal for people to be excited about getting up and coming to church. We, we think that it should be normal for people who, to, to want to talk to their neighbor and invite them to be a part of, of what's going on here. We, we think it should be normal to hear, like we so often do, you know what, I, I've never really been a, a church person, but this feels like home. And I'm seeing God work in my life in ways that I never would have expected. And we think it should be normal to experience what we experience around here on Baptism Sundays. I can't imagine sitting in a church for a period of time and not having the chance to, to clap and, and to cheer people's stories. We, we hear stories all the time of people going like, you know, I was just drifting through life. I didn't really have a purpose in my life. I was making a wreck of my life. And then someone invited me to come to church and they introduced me to Jesus and he has radically changed my life. We think everyone should have the opportunity to experience that. And it's you guys who have created those kinds of environments where we're hearing those kinds of stories. It's the preschool teacher who, who sits with these preschool kids because they are convinced that every preschooler deserves the chance to hear that God made me, that God loves me, that Jesus wants to be my friend forever. It, it's our coffee team, our dear, dear coffee team who gets here before anybody else and they serve us this sweet nectar so that we can actually be engaged, not, not off during, during the sermon. It's, it's the middle school or, or the high school small group leader who devotes their time to earn the right to be heard so that they can introduce the truth of who Jesus is to these middle school and high schoolers. It's the home group leader and the host that open up their homes, open up their Bibles to create the kind of community where people feel a place of belonging and care. It's the leaders who make mops a safe place for, for fellow moms to come and to get encouraged and to find the support during those tough preschool years. The reason that we keep hearing stories of life change and the reason why you love this place is because so many of you have leaned in to make this place, this church, engaging and welcoming for people to hear the transformational news of Jesus. So just to be fair, I wanna let you know up front where we're gonna be landing the plane this morning. You guys are currently sitting on or you have put your card underneath your chair. We're gonna take those back out here in just a few minutes. And for those of you that are currently serving, here is your assignment. I want you to, to think of someone that you know that is not currently serving. I want you to invite them to come along and serve with you. And if you're not currently serving, then this is gonna be your ticket to get in the game. We'll come back to this in a few minutes. And over the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm gonna to try to convince you that serving really matters. Not just for us as a church, not just for those that you might serve, but for you. Some of you might actually be in a little bit of a spiritual tug of war right now with God. You've been feeling a nudge for a while to join in, to take part in something, but you've struggled to make a commitment for whatever reason. And we all have our reasons for not stepping out or getting plugged in. But if you're honest, that you still have that nagging feeling that just won't go away that says, you know what, I need to get plugged in. I think the important thing to keep in mind is that the decision not to jump in, to, to not serve in some way, it is not really about the church. It's not really about the, the serving team. The bigger issue is that you might be missing out on something that God has for you. God might be trying to push you out of your comfort zone to, to stretch and to grow your faith. Really what's at stake at its core, it's a faith issue. 
I think one of the best examples of this in scripture is in one of Jesus' most famous uh, miracles, the, the feeding of the 5,000. It, it's a miracle that's found in, every, in all four accounts, but we're gonna look at Matthew's account. So this is, comes out of Matthew chapter 14. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the, tra- from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. So the, the news that, that Jesus and the disciples had just heard was that Jesus' friend, John the Baptist, had just been killed. So he, he pulls away from the crowds and he takes the disciples with him so that they can grieve privately. But word gets out somehow, and by the time they get to the shore, there's this large crowd that's already gathered there. But instead of getting frustrated by this interruption to their plan, it says that Jesus had compassion on them. It's just who he is. He, he can't seem to help himself. He, he sees the need among the people, and he walks towards it, and he spends, their, he spends his time teaching them and healing them and serving them in different capacities. It says, as evening, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. So as the day wears on and Jesus is continuing to do what he's doing, the disciples start to look at the situation and they come to Jesus with this concern. And he's like, uh, Jesus, it's getting late. These people are getting hungry. We're getting hungry and we're out in the middle of nowhere, there, there's no food around, so let's just send them home, and then we'll pick back up tomorrow. And they never could have anticipated what Jesus' response would be. And Jesus replied to them, they don't need to go away, you give them something to eat. And, and put yourself in the disciples' shoes. They're looking at this huge crowd, and they're like, what? now wait a second, do you see all the people here? Now Jesus, we've seen you do some amazing things, but you're asking us to do it? John's account actually tells us that that one of them, Philip, speaks up and he says, Jesus, I've kind of done the calculations here. It would take a year's wages just to give everyone here a bite to eat. And then the other disciples come back and they chime in as well and they say, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So the other disciples come back with with this little boy's Hebrew happy meal and they're saying, hey, Jesus, this is all we got here, right? The disciples, they were quick to run down the list of why it is that there's no way that they could do this. Jesus, we've looked at the problem. We've tried to evaluate all the possible solutions and we've got nothing. We don't have enough to do this. And don't we do the same thing sometimes? We are so quick to come up with our reasons and our excuses for why it is that we can't do or won't do what God has called us to do. Yeah, you know, Jesus, that's, just, that's too hard for me. I, I don't have what it takes. I'm not smart enough. I'm too busy right now. And then Jesus hears their response and he gives them the key to solving the problem that they were trying to solve in these simple but powerful words. And this is actually also the key for us to understand the heart of serving. Jesus replies, bring them here to me, he said. And the disciples hadn't really considered that as an option because in their mind, it wasn't going to do any good. All we have are these fish and loaves. This little amount's not gonna do anything. And Jesus says to them, you're just looking at the obstacles. But but I see this as an opportunity. You, You just bring me what you have and you let me do what I can do. 
We come to Jesus with our excuses and say, but I'm not prepared or equipped to do this. And Jesus says, just bring me what you have. But I don't have enough time. And Jesus says, just bring me what you have. But, but I'm afraid I'll fail. I, I, I'm afraid that I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm afraid that they may ask me a question that I don't know the answer to. And Jesus says, just bring me what you have. Just bring me whatever experience, whatever knowledge, whatever time that you have. So Jesus pushes past their excuses. And then he did the unthinkable. And he directed the people to, to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves and then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. Once Jesus had thanked God for the, for the food, he gave the bread and the fish to the disciples and they did what they know how to do. They simply walked down the aisle and they started serving people. They did what they knew how to do and they trusted God to do what only God could do. That's the definition of faith. That's faith in action. And then notice what happens. They all ate and they were all satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over and the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Everyone ate. Everyone was completely satisfied and they had more leftovers than what they started with. And each disciple got to take home a little doggy bag to remind them of what faith looks like. Jesus had a very specific agenda for this miracle. It, it wasn't just to feed a large crowd. Now, what Jesus was wanting to do is he's wanting to stretch the faith of his disciples. And he put them in a place where they had to trust that Jesus would show up. And I think Jesus is still doing that today. Sometimes God asks you, sometimes he nudges you, sometimes he commands you to do something that is way beyond your comfort level. It's even way beyond your ability. And the tension that you feel and the anxiety that you feel in that moment is actually your faith muscle getting stretched. It's actually your faith growing. It's part of the maturing process. It is part of your faith being challenged so that it can grow. It's not so much about the need that you're being called to meet as it is growing in your confidence in God. As you do what you can do and you trust that he will do what only he can do. So I wanna give us a few things that we learn from this and give us some application. Um, the first is that what we learn is that followers are servants. We see in scripture that the God's primary goal for our life is to shape us to look more and more like Jesus. And the word servant is perhaps the best one word description of what it means to be like Jesus. Jesus still has compassion for people and he still tells his followers, you give them something to eat. You, you serve them and you meet their need. God's primary way of expressing his love to the world is through the love and the actions of his followers. And what that means is that the only way some people will experience God's love in their lives is if you show up, if you serve them, if you show them his love through your actions. We need to serve. We need to serve because our faith is at stake. And the world needs followers of Jesus to be servants, to, to release God's love into this dark world through one loving action at a time. 
And here's what happens. As we follow Jesus and as we become more like him, what we will find is that we will start moving the direction of the needs of other people, that it will become more natural for us to serve others, that we will notice and we'll walk towards a friend's marriage that, that is broken. We'll walk towards the one that's going through a season of loss or some kind of tragedy in their life. We'll walk towards the broken and the needy and the messy people that God puts in our paths so that they can experience the love of God in their lives through our actions. So the first thing that we learn is that followers are servants. The second thing is that followers are humble. You know, in, in our day and age, a lot of times we, we get fixated on this upward mobility of climbing ladders and we measure success by, by stuff and by status and by uh, account balances. And it's easy in this life to, to get self-absorbed. It's easy in this life to, to get preoccupied with only solving our problems. But if the focus of your life and if all you ever really pay attention to is about how you can get ahead, the end of that path, it leads to a miserable life. And so God in his love reminds us to make it a habit, to make it a habit in our lives, to, to pick up our head and, and to look around and to take notice of some of the needs around us and to elevate some of those needs above our own, to make a conscious decision to say, yeah, I, I have some things in my life that I need to take care of. That's true. But instead, I, I'm gonna meet their need first before mine. God's goal for our lives, again, is to make us look more and more like Christ so that our everyday lives are, are marked by this humble servanthood, not just an hour here on, on Sunday. But the issue is that we, we don't wake up one day and we're just magically humble. We have to fight for it. Servanthood, sacrifice, being others-focused, it, it doesn't come naturally to us. But it is something that can be learned. It's a skill that we can pick up, but it needs practice. You know, when a kid is, is first learning to, to ride a bike, we put training wheels on their bikes to, to help them get their balance. And over time, what we do is we continue to raise those wheels off the ground a little bit until they can take off on their own. But it, it allows them the opportunity to learn how to keep their balance. And I think serving here on a Sunday morning is kind of like training wheels. When you get placed onto a serving team for an hour a week, it's this safe place where you begin to learn what it means to think of others first. You get to have this opportunity to learn what it is to serve joyfully. And just like riding a bike, it's gonna feel a little wobbly at first. But what you'll find is that over time, serving just becomes more and more of who you are. And you'll find yourself serving on Monday morning at work. You'll find yourself serving your family more naturally at home on Tuesday evening. You'll find yourself serving more naturally on Saturday morning at the ball fields. And here's what you'll find as well, is that every relationship, every single relationship flourishes when humble servanthood is at the center of it. Marriages, Relationships between parents and kids, friendships, work relationships, they all benefit and they all thrive and they all flourish when they are marked by humility. When they are marked by each one trying to outserve the other. So followers are servants, followers are humble, and then followers are available. Jesus is still saying to us, 
just bring me what you have. You will never know what God can do with what you have until you bring it to him. God is not as concerned with your ability as he is your availability. And so he keeps inviting us, just bring me what you have. We all have our reasons for, for limiting ourselves, but, but you will never know what God can do with your past experiences. You will never know what God can do with your passions, with your talents, with your abilities until you bring them to him. The disciples said, this is all that I have. This is all that we have. And Jesus took it and he gave them the opportunity to be a part of a miracle. And he is still doing that today. All you have is all God needs to do the miraculous. So where's God nudging you? But what is God urging you towards? And what is it that has been keeping you from taking that step, to, to making yourself available to be used by him? We can come up with a million excuses and a million what ifs on what causes hesitation in our lives. But there's more at stake than just the opportunity to serve. The, the truth is that God wants to do something inside of you. He wants to do something in your relationship with him. And here's what I can promise you, because I've experienced it in my own life. If you will make yourself available and you will simply bring yourself and bring what you have to the table, then God will use you in ways that you can't imagine. And he will give you a front row seat, like he did those disciples, to see a miracle to see a life being transformed by the good news of Jesus right in front of you. And your faith will grow. So imagine for a second what could happen in our homes and in our community if we each honestly embraced this identity of being a humble, available servant. Think what your home would look like. Think what your marriage would look like. Think about the, the impact that could have in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces. If we sincerely just embrace this invitation that Jesus offers, like, hey, just come, follow me. But become a humble, available servant. It would change lives. So I wanna invite you to, to take your next step towards becoming that, towards becoming more like Jesus. We'd love to introduce you to, to the amazing people that, that serve on our serving teams. The, these people love so well. And they are impacting lives, and they are impacting lives for eternity. If you look over here on, um, on the, underneath the, the, the screens, you'll see some arrows there. And uh, the ping pong balls that are currently in there, they, they represent the people that are currently serving. And you can see that they're not all the way filled up. And the, the blank space there represents the opportunities that, that we have for you to take, take a step into. We want to be a church that follows after God, and God is not done with us yet. Um, we are moving, and we want you to join us and be a part of this movement to, to reach our community, but, but ultimately to even reach our state with the gospel. And that means that what we need is more humble, available servants. So if you're bought into what God's doing around here, if you love this place, then this is your invitation to get plugged in. And there are all kinds of ways if you wanna grab those cards, Everybody grab the cards and wave them for me, please. 
Uh, there are all kinds of ways to get plugged in. Take a look at that. And if you were to ask me where are the biggest needs right now, I'd say it, it's middle school, high school, or middle school uh, small group leaders and rich kids small group leaders. But, but think about the way that you're wired. Think about how God has uniquely shaped you and find a way that you can take a step and be used by him. And all you're doing, if you fill this out, all you're doing is committing yourself to a phone call. We're not, you're not automatically getting put in someplace. We're gonna give you a phone call, answer any questions you might have, give you an opportunity to, to shadow for a week or two, make sure that it's a good fit for you, and then we'll get you some training, get you prepared to serve in the fall. So I wanna give everyone a few minutes to kind of think through, to pray through, to connect with God and say, how is it that you have wired me and where is it that you want me to get plugged in? And while you're doing that, I wanna show a video of, uh, that, that just illustrates the power of availability. Take a look at this video. Hi, my name is Ian, and this is my story. I really think it started with me being homeless, um, because at that moment of time, my life has always been a little rough, but putting, in me, putting me in a bad situation definitely tested my faith a lot. With Alex helping me, I felt more confident because I was ignorant in the fact that I had no idea, like no clue whatsoever on how to get a license or my uh, social security card. Getting a game plan and like that was my main drive was just getting out and getting everything settled, getting like my own place and moving forward with my life. Neither one of us had a clue. I, I didn't even have a clue and so I started doing a lot of research of what it looked like to get a social security card if you don't have one and get an ID if you don't have one because to get a social security card you need an ID and to get an ID you need you know proof of who you are so you need a social security card so it was a mess we were able to get you know get all the documents together and he was able to get a job with a local restaurant in town and I remember talking to him about what it looks like to you know, set up a bank account and get the savings account set up, but also have a direct deposit account. And I just remember you know, seeing his positivity and his faith through all this stuff and watching him be in this season of his life where he's not knowing where stuff's coming from, but never giving up. It took a couple months to really get, get in there, but I'm like at my apartment and all that. I'm working hard, like I'm doing like two positions at my job. After a long time of battling myself, it came down to the fact that I wanted to do something meaningful. I wanted to join um, military because it, it was a lot of valor for that. It felt like a pipe dream and Alex really pushed me in the right direction. I think the biggest thing for me when I was talking to you through all of this was figuring out what you wanted long-term. I wanted you to see you get everything set up, but then see how you could make something that is meaningful to you and that's um, something that you're proud of. And so I remember pushing you a lot on what you wanted to do long-term. That was my main focus is, is trying to help you see like, what your life could look like down the road. Um, last Thursday, I went uh, after we finally finished all the paperwork and I passed an eye exam, I finally got to swear in and raise my right hand and sign my contract. 
So, yeah, and I, I ship out to BASIC in June 28th. I see everything come full circle from the valley that we were in to being completely restored has been the most faith-filled story I've ever personally been a part of. And I'm very thankful for the friendship that I have with him. Alex is definitely like the father figure and the mentor that I've never had. And that really helped me get through my hard times because I've never had that. My uh, father was never around, neither was my mother. But having Alex around definitely set me straight into a path that now I can accept because I was really finding myself and like my future for a very long time. And Alex really helped me get onto a path that I felt comfortable with and that was God's doing. And, and I, I just, it makes me happy to know that I'm finally in a place that I can be extremely happy. The small things turn out to have pretty big impacts, right? At least when God gets involved. So what's your next step? Parking cars, hanging out with students or kids, inviting someone to church? Being faithful in small things over a period of time turns into something. It takes faith that follows. If you've been following this the last few weeks, I just love this story of Alex just simply made himself available and his life intersected with Ian's and made this incredible impact. Small things can have big impacts. And so Jesus is still saying to us, just bring me what you have and watch what I'll do. So we're gonna close with the song uh, this morning. It celebrates the great things that God has been and will continue to do in our lives and through this church. And we wanna give you an opportunity to join the hundreds that have already come forward and have been given this front row seat to what God is doing in our midst. So during this song, if you filled out that card, we'll have some ministry leaders up here to answer any questions you might have and to let you join the team. And again, all we're gonna do is get a, get a hold of you and answer any questions that you might have. So go ahead and stand up, everybody. And if you wanna come forward, you can. Let me pray for us. Father, we are amazed that you continue to invite us to be a part of your mission to reach our family, to reach our friends, to, to reach our community. God, help us to lean into this identity that you've called us to be, these humble, available servants. And God, thank you for Jesus and for the power of the Spirit that makes that possible. Amen.
we go. All right, thank you, Allison. Uh, see, we are not perfect here up on stage, just to let you know that. Uh, but God does great things, and I think here at River Ridge, we are always wanting to move forward into the mission and the vision that God is calling us, and, and you all are a part of that uh, just as much as we are. And so as a church, we want to continue moving forward, continue taking those next steps, whatever that may look like, uh, whether that's just beginning your relationship with Jesus or whether that's jumping in and serving so if you held on to that card, uh, there's some ministry leaders out at a table in the lobby. If you have some questions, some hesitations, they would love to be able to answer any of those that you might have. So thank you so much for joining us and worshiping this morning. I hope you all have a fantastic Mother's Day and enjoy the sunshine outside. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>